Lord, I want to thank you for bringing us all together here today safely. I want to thank you for everything you've done in our lives throughout the week and everything we know you'll continue to do. We just ask you to come in our midst of the days we worship you. In your name we pray. Amen. Joy to the world, the Lord is Let earth receive the King. Let every heart prepare His room, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. So one thing you 
Take a second, turn around, and say hello to somebody. If you're new here, go ahead and pick up one of these forms from the seat back in front of you. Fill it out and drop it in the offering bag as it goes through.
New Vine Kids Christmas program will be Sunday, December 17th at 6 p.m. Come enjoy their Christmas songs and support the kids. Don't forget our annual Christmas Eve offering for Ethiopia. This year, you can also visit the Ethiopia table and buy some authentic Ethiopian products for a donation that will also go towards the offering. Help us support our ministries and friends in Ethiopia. We will have three Christmas Eve services this year. Sunday morning will be regular Sunday service with Kids Ministry at 10.30 a.m. Special Christmas Eve services will be at 5.30 and 10.30 p.m. That service will only last around 30 minutes and you can wear your pajamas. See you on Christmas Eve as we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Thanks for watching the announcements. If you need any more information, go to our website or pick up a bulletin. Thanks for being here and enjoy the service. Good morning. How's everyone? Christmas shopping done? How many are done? How many haven't started? How many don't really care? Good job. Um, tonight at 6 o'clock is the kids' Christmas program. So if you have kids upstairs, they've been practicing. And so that's at 6. And so come watch your kids. So it didn't last very long. It'll be great. And uh, even if it's not great, you'll love it. If you're a grandparent, you go, oh, there's little so-and-so. And so wonderful time. Um, next Sunday, we're only having one service. It's at 1030 on Christmas Eve. Okay? So uh, because it's Christmas Eve and people get weird, right? Um, what else? Uh, after the service, I need help to unload the truck and put some toys in the nurseries. We can't put them in here because of the uh, kids program tonight. But every year we, we pick different families at the free store, and I forget how many families we have, about 130 or 40 children that we have. Uh, we set the church up like for a store, and families can come up and pick a couple items per kid. So And so the kids never come. Kids never know, it's, know what's going on because we want to blow the cover of the guy in, in the red suit, right? So that's it. Anything else going on you know of? Bengals won yesterday. Yeah. Unbelievable, sad, sad for Minnesota. So I'm sorry. Take my hat off to them. Right? So let's say a prayer and we'll take up the offering, okay? So Lord, just thank you for your love and mercy and grace. Ask you to use these gifts to glorify your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. I gotta get a Bible.
All right. Um, this is the third Sunday of Advent. Um, I grew up in a church we didn't do Advent. Did anybody grow up in a church that you did do Advent? I had never even heard of Advent until I grew up. How's that? We were, we were Southern Baptists, so we did things Southern Baptist way. That's why I have an accent. But anyway, uh, Advent means appearing. And the church for maybe 1,500 years has celebrated Advent uh, leading up to the to Jesus coming. And so each week we light a candle uh, to uh, remember that and also to look forward to that. And on Christmas Eve at night, we'll light the, the Christ candle. So the first Sunday, we lit this candle, and it represented hope. In the Old Testament, the prophets... Uh, said that the world was in darkness and one day a light would come and he would be the hope of the world. And we know who that hope is, is Jesus. Uh, the second week, last week, we lit this candle and it represented peace. And that same prophet Isaiah said that he would be called Wonderful Counselor, the Almighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That Jesus came to give us peace. And as I talked about last week, you can have real peace even though the world's crazy because of that relationship with God. Okay, still here? The third one's a pink candle, and I wonder why would we do a pink candle? And and uh, in, in church history, th- this Sunday is called uh, Gaudete Sunday, and and it, and uh, it means rejoicing in Latin. And so, and a pink candle is what the the color that they would use on this third Sunday because it represents joy. And I'm going to talk about joy today. But uh, the angels came and spoke to the shepherds and said that that uh, it would be great joy to all people. And so we remember. That it's a joyous time of year. Okay, got that? Now you know. Can you say God gadete? You don't have to say I was just kidding. But anyway. (laughs) Anyway, sounded good though. I didn't do Latin in school. I did Spanish. But didn't do very well in Spanish then. Um, So we're going to talk about joy today. So um, let's have a word of prayer. And we will take off. So Lord, we just thank you for today. Thank you that we could come and and, uh, just celebrate what you're doing in our lives Remembering that Jesus came so that we could have hope, so that we could have peace, so that we could have real joy. And so, Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. This time of year is supposed to be a time of joy. It's supposed to be a time of celebration. Uh, but for a lot of people, it's not. Uh, it's a time of stress. It's a time of hurt. It's a time of wishing you had more money. Uh, it's a time of uh, sadness because... You know, there are people that are gone. Like in, in my own life this year, I've lost four family members. My uncle, my mom, my other uncle, and my aunt. And so that generation of my family is gone. I've moved up the ladder now. We live and I are on the top part now. But anyway, uh, and, and so, but I'm not, you know, I just celebrate they're in heaven. I know I know where they are, but, but uh, there are thieves of joy. A bunch of years ago, I preached a sermon uh, through Philippians, and I talked about that there, there are things that try to steal us. Still our joy and circumstances still are, still our joy. For example, if you're a Bengal fan yesterday, you're happy, elated. If you're a Vikings fan, if I had a hat, I'd take it off to you, Jake. But anyway, uh, so, you know, but the Bengals fan could be happy today and then next week, not so happy, right? Because circumstances change and, and, uh, things change. And so there are things that still our joy, but we rejoice as followers of Jesus because he came into the world. Uh, the prophet called him Emmanuel, which means God with us, that God came to be a part of us. And so uh, we're going to look at that story today uh, to the shepherds in, in Luke chapter 2. 
verse 8, it goes like this. And, and if I get tongue-tied in this, I know it by heart in King James and, and the way that Charlie Brown or that Linus does it. on and, and on Christmas Eve, Linus will be here and will read it again for us like he does every year. So here we go. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And it's interesting that phrase, great joy for all people. That's what that's what he said. And, and so my question is, what is great joy? Uh, what's it talking about? And, and I know from the scripture, it means that it's, it's an inner assurance, I think, that comes from God. That no matter what's going on, on the inside, there's something still there that you know it's going to be okay. You know that 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 God's going to win in the end and he's going to going to overcome. And so it, it kind of bubbles up and it, it touches other people because it's something you can't keep to yourself. Uh, so what does it do? What does great joy do for us? The first thing it does is this. Great joy overcomes great pain. On the first Sunday, Mark told the story or read the, the scripture about Zechariah. Uh, and Elizabeth and how that Zechariah was a priest and he was, they were elderly and they couldn't have children and they were way beyond the, the childbearing years and, and, uh, uh, it was, it was sort of looked down upon because she was called barren in that culture. Um, trying to think of how you even to say it because we kind of do that in our culture, you know, it's, it's like if something happens to somebody, people will use the phrase, you must, you must be living right. Have you heard that expression? Something good happens. You go, you must be living right. So if something bad happens, no one ever says, well, sorry, you must be living wrong, right? But they kind of thought that way in Jesus' day too. If someone was sick, that meant they were out of favor with God. If they were poor, they were really out of favor with God. If they couldn't have any children, they were out of favor with God. Because that's kind of the way that they thought. Even the disciples once, Jesus is going along with the disciples, and there's a guy who's sick, something's wrong with him, and the disciples looked at Jesus and said, is this guy this way because of his sin or his parents' sin? And Jesus is neither one. But people still kind of think that way, that, that if they do this or that, God's kind of waiting to get them. And that's how they thought in Jesus' day. So Elizabeth experienced great pain. And she experienced great sadness because she was barren her whole life. She had to deal with that stuff. However, the scripture says that, that she and Zechariah remained faithful to the Lord through the whole thing. And so Zechariah goes into the temple. And uh, let me just read you that story. Um, an angel appears to him. An angel appears and says, don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. For your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you're to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and, to many, and many will rejoice. Because, his birth, because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. And if you remember that story, Zechariah didn't believe it. He goes, you know, how can this be? Well, the angel goes, okay, just be quiet for nine months. So he wasn't able to talk. And so he comes out of the temple and kind of does some signals maybe, and they think he's seen a vision, and then they go back home. Uh, Elizabeth gets pregnant, and uh, which is just a trip, right? And she says this in Luke chapter 1, The Lord has done th- this for me. In these days he has shown me favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. So she had this great joy, and, and, and the deal is this, the great joy overcome the great pain in her life. And that's what happens. God gives us joy, and even though we, we go through things, the joy can overcome the, the great pain in our life. Um, Mary went to visit uh, 
Elizabeth, after she found out she's going to have a baby, and, and when she gets there, the Bible says that uh, the baby inside of Elizabeth, John the Baptist, leaped in, in her womb, and she was filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and all those things kind of took place, and, and Elizabeth's joy overflowed to Mary. Because she started saying things about Mary, how she was blessed among women, and, and all those things too. And so it just kind of changed things. And then later on, uh, when Elizabeth gave birth to John, three months later, uh, all the, the, the neighbors came. It says this, her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. So the deal is this, her joy, I think, healed a lifetime of hurt and pain, disrespect and shame. And I've seen that happen in people's lives. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, I have an older brother named Gary. <clears throat> and I talk about him a lot because he's my older brother. I got this, but he did something really good for me this week. Uh, uh, my mom, my mother passed away in, in, in uh, July and Gary and, and his wife, uh, Carol lived with mom. And so they were going through mom's stuff. And so they gave me the book that people sign at funerals. My dad died, uh, February the 10th, 1969. And so I got this little book. It's the, the you know, the visit, visitation book that you sign. I'd never seen it before in my life. And it's just, it was so cool to, to look through it <clears throat> and see, you know, my teachers from school. Um, guess who the first person to sign the book was? Me. <laughs> I, I went over early to the church and, and signed the book and all that stuff. And then I saw these different people. And it was just really cool because I had not seen it ever. I, I signed it. The last time I saw it was when I signed it. On uh, February the 13th at his funeral. And so he's a real thing. But but all my life, uh, I say I've been in the shadow of Gary. Uh, Gary uh, was was my grandmother's favorite. Okay? Nanny. And, and I always thought, how, how can, uh, why is Gary Nanny's favorite? Because I was always Chuck. Okay? Because I've told you before, my one grandma that would yell, she would say, Larry, Gary, Jerry, Chuck. So I never really fit. Um, anyway, I couldn't figure out, but, but Gary was my grandma's favorite, and I just accepted that fact. And, and uh, but then I learned out learned why. My grandmother uh, had a son. His name was Shirley, and he died when he was like twenty three, twenty four years old. Um, and uh, it was great sadness. And then my mother had Gary. Not long after that, so Gary kind of came along as the new baby, and it sort of brought healing to my grandmother. And, and, and it's like the great, the great joy kind of overcome the great pain. It didn't take it away, but it changed things. Does that make any sense? And, uh, um, he became her favorite. And that's, and that's fine with me. But, but I, as I'm sort of thinking this thing, I thought, well, you know what? God does that sometimes. You know, we go through awful things and then sometimes God will, can, can make a blessing out of that or he can, he can heal that or he can use us to help people who go through similar things. Does that make sense? So the deal is here is that, Elizabeth, great joy overcoming her great pain, and and uh, which is pretty awesome. I didn't mean to talk too long about that. Number two, great joy has a great source. Joy comes from God with us, and Jesus is the source of our joy. Emmanuel means God with us, and so Jesus came to give us real joy. And um, even though it's 2,000 years ago, we can still have that joy. Okay, uh, Peter wrote a book uh, to some Christians, and he said this. Though you've not seen him, you love him. Even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for you're receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. He says the joy that we can have is inexpressible and is glorious and, and it overcomes happiness. Happiness, like I said before, comes and goes. 
It just depends on circumstances. It depends on, you know, you'll ask people, are you having a good day or a bad day and all those kinds of things? And, 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 and that just goes up and down. But, but joy overcomes all those kinds of things. Uh, joy includes happiness, but I think it runs deeper because real joy permeates in our souls because we have that calm assurance of that relationship we have with God. You guys all right? Still here? Mark's not here to give a commercial. I asked him to in the first service, but he didn't. Uh, because of our relationship with God, we find the deep joy fills us no matter the pain that we go through. And, and Jesus was trying to explain this to his disciples because he's getting ready to, to leave and they're going to go through grief. And, and he, he says this to his disciples. He says, so with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will be able to take away your joy. Jesus told his disciples, you guys are going to go through some stuff, but but it's going to be okay. Nobody can take away that joy. And and I talked about this last week, the peace and joy that God gives us uh, is different than the world. Um, in the Old Testament, the people of Israel were carried away into captivity a bunch of different times. And, and when they went back to Jerusalem, they wanted to rebuild the temple. And then Nehemiah went back with them to rebuild the wall. And as they tried to rebuild the wall, they were faced with all kinds of oppositions and setbacks and hatred and all kinds of stuff. And But the Lord was with them, and God spoke to Nehemiah, and Nehemiah said this, even though you're going through all this stuff, you're going to make it because he said, the, the, go back, go to the one, the Lord, there you go. The joy of the Lord is your strength, okay? That God gives you strength to make it through stuff. I've seen some of you guys go through some horrible things, and you're, you're still standing. You know what I'm saying? And people, I don't know how they made it through there. I know how they made it through there. It's because God's there with them. That, that the joy of the Lord helps them to make it through those different different things. And so uh, great joy has, has a great source, and uh, God gives that to us because we have that relationship with Jesus. Third thing, I think, great joy is greater than our circumstances. Joy defies circumstances. Um, happiness, like I said, comes and goes, but joy flows deeper, even in the face of challenge, hardship, and suffering, because joy comes from our relationship with Jesus. Um, I think it, it, joy helps us to see the big picture. If, if we couldn't see the big picture, we're up a creek. That makes any sense. Paul, Paul even said this to the Corinthians. I think he says, if there be no resurrection, we're of all people the most miserable. Or one translation says, if there be no resurrection, we're of all people the most to be pitied. But there is a resurrection and Jesus died and he rose from the dead. And so it overcomes, uh, our circumstances. We know the end of the story, okay? It helps us to see the big picture. You know, beyond the immediate pain. If we know the end of the story, then we can deal with what we're going through. Does that make sense? Yeah? Over here too? Over there? Way over here? Way over there? All right. Knowing the end changes everything, I think. Um, in Philippians 1, 6, it says, He who began a good work in you will perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. That God's the one who started this in you, and he's going to make it come to pass. I've told you this story before, but I, I, in seminary, I, I had to take Hebrew. I took Hebrew and, and Greek in college, and then I took Hebrew and Greek in seminary. And uh, I had a friend in seminary. His name was Jerry Delaney, and he was in my Hebrew class. And my Hebrew teacher was from Australia. Okay? Freaky. Okay? I mean, he, in like 19 is 19, you know, and all, all that. So so trying to learn Hebrew with an Australian accent uh, was was nuts, okay? My friend Jerry Delaney was doing awful in Hebrew. 
And he, he, he thought he was going to flunk. And so the, the teacher had him come into his office and he told him, look, if, because Jerry would just freak, freak out on tests. He couldn't do tests. And so the doc, doctor talked to him and he told him, look, if you do your homework, if you come to class, if you do your papers and all those things, you will pass Hebrew. Guess what happened? Jerry started passing the tests. He started doing better. Why did he do better? Because he knew the end it was going to be okay. We can go through a lot of stuff here, okay? And I see people go through stuff like, man, I don't know. How, how can you even do that? It's because they know the end of the, st- the story. You know, we've, we've read the end of this, this story, right? The deal is this. Jesus comes back and, and we win. And, and so we, we, can, we can make it through stuff. And so joy is, is greater than our circumstances. Um, There's a verse in, in Luke, uh, the angel said to them, you know, don't be afraid. I, I, I bring you good news, which will cause great joy for all people. The deal is this. Jesus is with us no matter what we're going through. No matter what we're facing, he's with us. He even made this statement. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. You're never alone. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're never alone. And he promises to be with us and he promises to help us. And so he's greater than our circumstances. Fourth thing. Am I talking too fast? You're going to get out early again. I get in trouble with Liz. Great joy is 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 a great choice. Okay, uh, joy is a choice, and joy is an action. Um, Mary gets the the message from the angel, and she accepts it, and she goes to Elizabeth. And uh, when Mary shows up, Elizabeth's house, Elizabeth, like I said, is overcome with joy, and and uh, and then it spreads to Elizabeth, and then then I mean it spreads to Mary. And then Mary says this, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. And, and these words are important words. And, and the key word in, in this story is rejoice. Okay. Um, rejoice is as an active part of the word joy that she chooses to rejoice. And, and, and that's the deal. Um, the word rejoice is an important word in the Bible. It occurs like 200, over 225 times. So it must be important. It must be important that we rejoice, that we choose, uh, joy in, instead of choosing the alternative. And, and so that's, that's what it's saying. Um, couple verses. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. If you're an old Jesus freak, that's a song. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say whatever. I can sing all these songs. Um, rejoice. In our confident hope, be patient in trouble and keep on praying. The next one, we could break out in song. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord hath made, that the Lord hath made. Okay. Any Jesus freaks in here? Uh, I am. All of you are if you're a Christian, right? Okay. Mary chose to rejoice, you know, in the role that she'd been given by God. Um, we, we've, we've used Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life, a bunch of different times, but his wife Kay is, is an awesome writer too. And I don't know if you know anything about, about Rick Warren and, and the stuff they went through. They, they had a tragedy in their son. Their, one of their sons who had, had problems for years and years and years committed suicide. And they just had a, had a rough time in that. And so she wrote this book before that happened and then made some statements after that. But, but she makes some, this a really good book to get if you want to learn about joy. Uh, because joy is a choice. But anyway, the, the, even the title of the book, Choose Joy Because Happiness Isn't Enough. And she made a statement in the book, which is pretty cool. Remember that joy is not always about happy feelings. It's a settled assurance about God. 
A quiet confidence in God, a determined choice to give our praise to God in all things. It means choosing joy again and again and again in our ups and downs, in and outs of our daily life. Joy is, is a choice, okay? And great joy is a choice. It's, it's following Jesus. It's trusting Jesus. It's trusting that he's going to be with us. It's trusting that things are going to be okay, uh, that, that we're going to make it uh, through all this stuff. Um, when we choose to follow Jesus, I think we, we choose to follow joy because we come into that relationship. Um, again, I flash back to songs as a kid. You know, if you want joy, real joy, wonderful joy, let Jesus come into your life. And, and that's that's true. Uh, this is the deal. We have to learn to walk in it every day, knowing that, that we're not in control. And, and that's a big one. Um, we have to trust God in all of our circumstances. This guy named Mike Mason, which actually came from this book, made this statement. A decision to rejoice in the present changes not only the present, it also changes my view of the past, ignites my future with hope. Joy is a choice. We can choose it. Or you cannot choose it. It doesn't mean you're like a weirdo. It doesn't mean you're like zany and, and, you know, because life happens and there's great sadness. There is great sadness in life. And I think I can say this. You know, what sucks as grow, growing older is that you get experience more of this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I remember Liz's mom and dad used to go to funerals all the time. I said, Mom, Dad, what's the deal? Why are you going to funerals all the time? Well, they were getting older. Okay, and so now... We, Liz and I have moved up the ladder, you know. Life is tough. There's great times and there's sad times. But the deal is this. If we have that relationship with God, we can have joy in the middle of it. That angel came and said this. The angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. And so this is the deal. We have to choose it. And how do we choose it? We choose it by choosing to follow Jesus. So two questions. What's God saying to me? And what am I going to do about it? So let's just bow our heads for a second. And I challenge you to choose joy. Choose Jesus in your life. And let's listen to a song. Amen. If you have one of these, take it out and open it up. We do this every Sunday to remind us of who we are and whose we are, that we belong to God. And we always say the Lord's Prayer together uh, just to center our hearts and to keep us focused on what it's all about.
See if I can get this open and we'll do that. Let's just say this prayer together, okay? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and and he broke it. And he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine. He said, this cup is a new covenant, new relationship in my blood. Do this remembrance of me. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, said this. He said, as often as you eat this bread and drink this wine, you're proclaiming the Lord's death till he comes. In other words, you remember what Jesus did, and you're reminded of what we're supposed to do. So we do this. Amen. Remember tonight at 6 o'clock is the kids' program. You want to come and, and hang out? Uh, after service, I need some people to help me unload the big truck and put all the toys in the big truck in the nurseries because we can't bring them in tomorrow. They set up the thing. Okay? And then next Sunday is just 1030, one service. All right? So let's all stand. You don't have to hold hands yet. Um, if you grew up in church, you knew, you knew songs about joy. Okay? How many know this song? I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. How many know that song? How many have never heard that song before in your life? Oh, you just did. You, okay, here we go. Let's try again. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Ah, uh, see, these people know it. They, they've been, they grew up in church. It's, yo tango goes, look, goes, in my corazon, don't they, right? Anyway, don't they? In my corazon. Alright, so we're gonna try this again. The first service I had to do it, in fact, three times to get them to understand this song. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. That's bad. You're supposed to yell where, okay? Try again. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Down in my heart. i got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. I'm not going to do it anymore. You sounded great, all right? Hey, i got the peace that passeth understanding down there. There's more verses, all right? Uh, remember tonight, and remember next Sunday, 1030, and uh, Christmas Eve. Two services, and you really can wear your pajamas. Some people really do wear their pajamas. I'm not going to wear mine, but that's okay. Uh, all right? Um, just keep each other in prayer. Be nice to people. People are, are, are uh, stressed out this time of year, so just a little good kindness, right? So let's just close in prayer. So, Lord, we thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. Thank you, Lord. You came to give us real peace and real joy and real hope. Uh, and help us, God, to remember that's what Christmas is all about. And help us, God, as we go from this place, just to reach out to people, to show them grace and mercy, just to lift them up. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen.